Are you dedicated, up and coming, motivated, and bold? Then you're dumb. So are we. Welcome to the Young and Dumb Podcast with your hosts, Justin Wynn and Gary Pershad. Join us every week as we discover the knit and grit of your young and dumb journeys. We got more podcasts for your head top, so watch how you speak on our name, you know? Change. No, I'm not talking about the quarters, nickels, and dimes in your pockets. I'm referring to the inconsistencies of life. It's one aspect that is ironically consistent, and no matter how stagnant life can seem or become, know that change is imminent. It determines who we are and shapes who we're going to be. Change, in a sense, is life itself. Charismatic in her energy on and off of campus. Humble, being fortunate enough to get the best education and knowing never to waste it. Adaptable, always putting herself in ever-changing situations to learn more about herself as well as the world. Nurturing, by wanting to find the best ways to help people around her at all times. Genuine, with the advice she gives to her fellow college friends and her little campers. Empathetic to the college student who thinks he or she knows exactly what they want to be because no one does, especially not at 18. And people said change was bad? Unfortunately, due to Hurricane Irma, the beginning part of Dempsey's interview was lost. Just to fill in the blank and introduce you to Dempsey, we wanted to inform you that she's a senior at Muhlenberg College who went to high school at a theater conservatory. She is currently an intern at the admissions office at Muhlenberg and has a leadership role in many other organizations on campus. That's really good to hear. So I heard you mention that you had creative writing in your high school. That didn't interest you uh, at that time? It definitely didn't interest me in the way it does now. Um, I had always felt passionate about English, but that was really just because I think I was bad at math <laughs> and science, so it was kind of the other end of the spectrum that I was going to be good at English. Um, but there weren't really that many opportunities for interdisciplinary studies within my high school um, because you sort of moved up from levels musical theater three to musical theater four instead of just having a wide range of courses you could take like there is in college. Um, But my senior spring, I did take a creative writing course that was offered for non-majors, and I did really well in it. I really enjoyed it, Um, but I didn't, you know, it didn't spark my interest enough for me to say, hey, this is my passion for the rest of my life. I kind of just thought it was a pretty easy class that I was enjoying in my last semester at high school. So what was your major going into college then? Were you a theater major or were you an English major? I was a theater major going into college. Um, the way my high school worked was that we actually spent the last year or the last you know half a year focusing on how to get all the senior theater majors, and I guess this goes across all disciplines, into the best conservatories or BFA, Bachelor of Fine Arts programs, um, which essentially means that all you're studying is that fine art. So I did a lot of practicing of my auditions and took headshots, resumes, all that stuff for college. But um, as it was coming down to the wire, and I guess, you know, October-ish, 
I realized that going to a conservatory for college wasn't what I wanted out of my life. So since Muhlenberg has been number one for theater and dance for Bachelor of Arts programs for a very long time, um, I visited and I decided that I was going to apply early decision because I wasn't really ready to give up sort of my education and learning about other things in the world. And I think that at that time, I also thought that, you know, what makes a smart actor um, or a good actor is a smart actor. So if you know about the world, then you're going to be able to portray that on stage. And I think that was really important to me in deciding where I went to college, as well as wanting like a normal college experience where I could have a social life and an extracurricular life, as well as an academic life and artistic life. So, Dempsey, that's great to hear. After all that you've done in high school, whether it be through dance, um, through your conservatory, things like that, um, you arrive at Muhlenberg for your first year. What happens there? Well, I was definitely really active in the Muhlenberg Theater Association in my first year. Um, I was cast right off the bat first semester as a freshman, which was definitely a huge honor and was really essential in getting me involved in that community on campus. Um, and I continued to do shows throughout my freshman year. Um, but I think one of the issues with going to a BA program after I came from such an intensive program in theater was that um, the theater classes you can take as a freshman are really limited. So while I was so used to, you know, two to six being in really intensive musical theater acting classes, I didn't really have that option at Muhlenberg. So my time had to be filled with other things. Um, like I became a writing tutor and I joined the Cardinal Key Society. So it was, I, I see it now as a blessing, but at the time it just felt like I was in this weird one year where I wasn't going to be able to take theater classes trying to do as much theater as I could. Okay. So would you say that all that um, pressure to continue with theater since you've done it your entire life, um, eventually caused you to, I guess, burn out? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say burn out as much as, like, I became interested in other things and there was so much pressure to continue to love theater that I just didn't really know what to do with it. And I, it made me really confused because if I hadn't felt all that pressure, you know, because my parents, my amazing parents had spent so much money on my theatrical education for my whole life and been so devoted to driving me to every audition and rehearsal and all that kind of stuff that I think for them and also for myself and all the work that I've put in, in that profession, that when I became interested in other things, it was hard to admit that to myself as well as to them. It was really, really like scary, honestly, not because they're not supportive, but just because they have been so supportive about the theater thing in the past to sort of ultimately tell them, hey, I think I'm interested in another career. Um, but, you know, that's not their fault or my fault or anything. It was just that it was such a focal point in my life that it was hard for me to see myself doing other things. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So during this time, did you feel any sort of like sadness or depression, anything like that? Because you were like completely all in on theater and then all of a sudden that kind that kind of mentality shifted. How were your thoughts during that whole time? I think it was hard to admit to myself that it was okay. And mostly because 
for a while I felt like, well, if I don't pursue theater, my whole life has been this waste. Like I've been wasting my time with theater. I've been wasting my time working hard for this goal. But I think now I've finally gotten comfortable where I know that that was just part of my journey. Like I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't be looking towards a profession I'm looking for today if I hadn't gone through that whole journey. And that theater has actually taught me so much about myself as a person and what it means to work hard and how to be a presence on stage. So none of that was a waste per se, but I think when I first sort of came to terms with the fact that I was putting theater on the back burner, um, it definitely felt like I'd been wasting a lot of time and money my whole life when I could have just been working on these other things from the beginning. And I think it's important to highlight that um, this is a part of your journey. Like the journey is ups and downs and you do lose things here and there. And it's not very straightforward, but it is very rewarding at the end. Yeah, exactly. And I think that story kind of resonates with not just theater majors or people in theater, but like myself, I played soccer my whole life and put all that time and effort, same with my parents. And then all of a sudden in college, I didn't really play. So knowing what you've gone through then, if you could give advice to any incoming freshman or sophomore who's going through a similar situation that you went through, what advice would you give them? I think that, you know, if you're ever going to have this sort of life crisis where you're changing your mind, college is a really amazing place for that to happen for you. And not to say that it can't happen out of college or in a different part of your life. You know, I have no idea if my goals are going to change after I graduate college, but sort of if you are going through that while you're in college, you're a freshman, you're not really sure what you're going to do. Like it's a really great time in your life to have that crisis because there's so many opportunities for you in college to really play with what you want to do and explore that. And that really is the beauty of liberal arts education. If I had gone to a conservatory, um, like I had, you know, been intending to for much of my life, Mm -hmm. I would not have had that opportunity. I would have had to transfer schools or reapply to a different department on the same campus. And that would have been way harder than, you know, me having my breakdown junior year, going crying to a mentor that I had already had and her saying, Hey, don't worry. Mm -hmm. I know you, I know you as a student, this is going to be a great opportunity for you. I'm going to help you do everything you can to finish this major in the last year. Of course. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Okay. So you're done with theater and you switch to English Mm -hmm. and I can tell that since I've been with you that's opened up a lot of different avenues for you um explain a couple of those for us well I think that the value of a liberal arts education is that had I still been a theater major you really do still have the qualifications to apply for a lot of different jobs that's totally what's amazing about going to a school like Muhlenberg is that you come out with that academic education as well as the theater degree. Um, But I think for English, it's really just a little bit more focused on, you know, writing, editing texts um, and, you know, speeches and things like that. And I I just think it's a little bit more geared towards the profession that I want, which is being an admissions counselor. Um, But it's also a really sort of basic major that I think I can apply to any professional job setting. Agreed there. I would agree. Yeah. 
So could you go over what an admission counselor is? Because in my head, it's kind of like the person who stamps you're in <laughs> or you're out. And then, so what does an admission counselor do? Sure, well, on a day-to-day, I guess. They, they definitely are that person. Um, but they are also, <laughs> you know, working more in recruiting and are sort of in the business of opportunity, I would say. So not only, you know, spreading the message, a small school like Muhlenberg, needs its admissions counselor is, you know, we're not a huge Ivy League school where everybody already knows their name and knows what they're about and wants to apply. You know, we need those people to travel and go out and say, hey, college is an awesome opportunity. Here's what Muhlenberg's about. Maybe our values line up with your values um, and you could be interested in what we have to offer. So they definitely are that person. Um, And that's one of the things I really love about it is just sort of like the salesmanship of it all, honestly, um, really is something I can really get my head into as a theater major. Um, That's true. Yeah. But the other thing that they do is um, sort of like they are that gatekeeper, so to speak. um, But... I try to look at that as like a positive thing rather than a negative thing in that we're speaking to students and we're reading their applications that, you know, at another larger school where they might just be numbers based, that student would get passed up when they actually, if you look a little closer, have so much to offer to our Muhlenberg community or, you know, to that school's community, um, just as much as we have to offer them. So uh, letting that gate be open for people who, you know, maybe they did get that C in sophomore year honors chemistry like I did, um, but they have, you know, gotten A's in English and they're really passionate about community service um, and they started their own online business. And, you know, if we were just looking at the numbers, maybe their SAT scores wouldn't be good enough. Um, But admissions counselors at small schools get to sort of see beyond the numbers, which is something I love about the job. Really is it more of like a personal application, I guess, rather than just what's on a piece of paper, would you say? Well, that totally, yeah, schools? that totally depends on what school you're in. But I, yeah, I know yeah. that, you know, for smaller schools, it definitely really is that. And that's the kind mm-hmm. of work I want to go into. I don't want to be, you know, crunching the numbers behind yeah. a desk. I want to be out there gotcha. talking to students. So not at UCF. <laughs> no, <laughs> probably not. Way too many kids. Okay, so um, a mission counsel- a counselor is your future, um, but what's beyond that? Is that what you want to do for the next 10 years, 15 years? Oh, or? probably even less than that, honestly. Less than that. Okay. Probably only like five years. Um, I think really ultimately what I'm interested in doing is, you know, I want to get that experience as an admissions counselor and be that gatekeeper, but I'm really interested on the other side of the table, which is college counseling, because um, helping students find a place that they're going to love, I think, is a little bit more more broad and more rewarding. Um, instead of just working with, you know, the certain types of students that we'd want here at Muhlenberg, I'd get to work with all different types of students, uh, regardless of whether, you know, the college that I was working at is the particular fit for them. And my admissions count or my college counselor actually went to Muhlenberg, so she definitely paid played a pivotal role in uh, my college application experience and allowing me to have these great four years here. Great, great. So looking at your whole college experience, it's been one of sharpening the skills and finding the self. 
But one thing that has stayed true to who Dempsey is is her love of backpacking. So <laughs> would you tell the listeners a little bit about your uh, backpacking experiences? Sure. Um, I have been going to the same wilderness tripping camp since I was eight years old. Um, it has been a huge, huge part of my development as a human um, and given me this amazing love for the outdoors. So I've done all different types of wilderness trips over the past uh, 12 summers. Um, and this year I led our longest backpacking trip, which is the last 200 miles of the Appalachian Trail. And it was just the most amazing experience. And I've learned so much about um, leadership and what it means to be a leader through being a counselor at this camp. So it's really given to me in so many different ways, both shaping my childhood and shaping my young adult life. Okay, so you get it to experience something that not a lot of people get to experience and you, I'm guessing, completely shut off from all electronics during these yes, trips? Yes, I do. There's there's really no choice. There's no <laughs> cell phone service. <laughs> exactly. So can you, take a, can you take us through what that's like and what have you learned from that, just kind of backing off from all social media and everything? Well, it is honestly my favorite part of the year. I think, you know you really have nothing. And we think about how technology is so integrated into our entire lives and we're always on our phones and we're in this constant contact with everyone that we know. And so I think being able to shut off for pretty much the whole summer is, Mm -hmm. you know, really my reset button in that, first of all, it makes you miss people, which is something that I feel like we don't really have anymore. (laughs) You know, you can always call, you can always FaceTime someone if you miss them. Um, And so it really makes you think about, you know, who in your life uh, holds value for you. Um, But it also just really like cleanses you and you have space in your brain. You know, when you're waking up at, you know, seven in the morning and then you just walk all day over mountains (laughs) and you have no phone in your hand um, and you just got to look at your feet and you got to look at the feet of the person in front of you. um, It gives you all this incredible time to actually think about yourself and your goals and your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's definitely a really almost meditative experience. Awesome. So, I mean, a lot of our previous interviewees have uh, done a lot of meditating and um, it seems like it's done well for them uh, academically and in their general lives as well. Okay, cool. So, your backpacking has been a big part of who you are, um, as well as admissions, but there's another big piece that I think we're missing here, and that is... uh, you're in a sorority, is that correct? I am in a sorority, yes. Okay, so uh, share, with, share with us what it's like to be in uh, Greek life on a college campus. Sure. Well, I was originally super opposed to Greek life. Uh, neither of my parents actually went to schools that had any sort of Greek life, fraternity, sorority life. Um, so they never really talked about it with me growing up. They, they didn't really understand what it was. Um, and I almost went to schools that exclusively didn't have Greek life because my only uh, interpretation of it was what I had seen in movies or television, Um, you know, the partying and and bimbos. And I just kind of didn't really know what actual sorority women were about. Um, And when I got to Muhlenberg, I found out that Greek life here is really different. You can't go through the process of recruitment until your sophomore year. It's only 25% of the population. Mm -hmm. And it's not the type where there's a ton of girls in every sorority and you 
cook there and eat there and do everything only with that group of friends. So what really struck me about the sorority that I'm involved in is um, how wide their reach was across campus. I sort of got to sophomore year and, you know, none of my really close friends were going through recruitment and I just kind of decided, hey, you know, what do I have to lose? Mm -hmm. And when I got into that room of five sigs for the first time, I recognized all these faces that I'd seen all over campus that I had no idea they even had letters or were in a sorority. And so I was like, okay, you know, this, maybe this is the type of person that I am here at Muhlenberg. And it's been an amazing two years so far in the sorority. This is my third year. Um, and the women that I have met, you know, they say it at a big school, Greek life makes the school smaller, but at a small school, it actually makes it bigger. And so I got out of that bubble of just theater people or just tour guide people um, and met, you know, one of my best friends now is a neuroscience major or a psych major. Oh, wow. um, and I never would have never would have met those people or made those connections had it not been for my sorority. Awesome. So could you debunk some of the sorority and fraternity myths then? (laughs) Uh, Sure. Well, I think, you know, I thought that sorority girls were really stupid. I'm not, you know, afraid to say that. I thought sorority girls were really stupid. Um, And that's that's just simply not true. Um, Everyone is so, so dedicated to their studies and not just in in my sorority, in, in every sorority on campus. When you become a sorority girl here at Muhlenberg, you don't stop caring about your academic life. Um, it really is an enhancement to your experience rather than, um, your only experience at Muhlenberg. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's also that we're, you know, we're boy crazy or we, (laughs) something I thought was just that, you know, we, we were like crop tops all the time. I don't own a single crop top. Um, so that's definitely a myth. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so we're going to take your journey, we're going to bundle it up, and turn it into a loading bar, okay, from zero to 100. So where do you think you are right now on your loading bar? That's quite the question. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, hope that I'm not that far, because I am only 20, and that's actually a, a huge chunk of life that I have left. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, before college, I was probably only, you know, 5%, not a lot. I, I was really the same person all the way up until I got here. And in the past three years, um, I've developed and changed so, so much that I think it's probably more at 20 now. Yeah, okay. Um and, you know, hopefully not too much more than that, but I've definitely done a lot of growing and I'm really thankful for all that. Okay. So what does a hundred percent look like for you then? What are you doing? Where are you living? What does that look like? Well, I, I guess I'm not quite sure yet. Um, obviously I have some goals in my life, whether they be career oriented or, you know, I definitely want to have kids one day. Um, I want to live in a bunch of different places. I I would like to move to some sort of city after college, but eventually would, you know, probably rather have a house in the mountains. Um, I have a lot of different places. I I still want to travel. I'm dying to go to New Zealand. Um, I've always wanted to go hiking out there. Um, So I think 100% is not necessarily a certain place or a certain career move, but maybe the end of all of those goals, you know, finally having accomplished, you know, a huge chunk of them and being pretty content with all the things I've done. 
do you know when you'll hit 100? Like, when will you actually be able to sit down and say, you know what, I have reached 100? Or do you think it's something that you will forever chase? I think it's better to live your life as if you're always chasing 100%. Um, you know, if, if I reach 45 and I've got two kids and I'm, I'm in a house and I'm set with my career for the rest of my life, you know, how, how sad is that to say, yeah, this is a hundred. I'm, I'm comfortable here. I'm going to stay here. Um, I don't think that's a great way to live your life. I, I would hope for myself that I always continue to grow and change no matter how old I get and, and continue to make goals all the way up until, you know, I'm, I'm passing away. You know, my, my great grandmother, who's no longer with us, um, in her nineties, it was one of her, bucket list to jump out of an airplane and go wow. skydiving in her 90s. Wow. So she did. Oh, wow. She didn't tell anyone before she did it um, because she was afraid that, you know, she wouldn't survive, yeah. um, but she totally did it. Um, wow. And I think that is a way that I also strive to live my life. You know, you're never too old to do the things that you want to do. Yeah, great grandma's got the right idea. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the last section of the interview the deep thinking questions. So I'll take the first question. <laughs> so first question is, let's imagine all social media has been destroyed. All books have been gone. There's no recollection of who Dempsey is. What three things do you want to be remembered for? Wow. Okay. Um, I think... Kindness is the first one that comes to mind. Uh, I try and I've been really, really working on eliminating judgments that I have, trying not to make judgments about people really quickly. So I think kindness is something I'm working on. Uh, leadership or being a mentor is something that I'm really interested in and I'm, I'm really passionate about. I do a lot of work with freshmen in a lot of different ways on campus. So I think that would be something amazing to be remembered for my leadership. And passion, I guess. I think okay. I'm, a, I'm a really passionate person uh, about a lot of different things and about a lot of different people. So that's something that I like about myself, that I'm passionate. Mm -hmm. So Okay, awesome. I okay. guess that's my answer. <laughs> so Muhlenberg calls me and they say, um, Gary, can you get in contact with Dempsey? So I call you. Mm -hmm. And they asked me to tell you that they are making an autobiography of you, but all they need <laughs> is a title. What are you going to name it? Uh, okay, this is really <laughs> cheesy, but this is what just popped into my mind. I was thinking like, along the game changer, like the name changer, okay. because okay. something that uh, the listeners don't know is that my first name is actually Hannah, and it was Hannah up until I got to college. So in college, I changed my name to my middle name. People call me my middle name, Dempsey. Oh, wow. And I think that was kind of a really amazing uh, refresh for me and I got to be this different person and was allowed to have all these changes of heart in college because I sort of had this different name so I'd say the name changer okay. even though that's super I can, dorky I can relate to that I, <laughs> I go by my middle name almost primarily at home mm -hmm. and in my hometown mm -hmm. and a lot of the soccer guys even <laughs> Justin still mm -hmm. calls me by my middle name yep. out in the rest of the world I'm Gary yeah. so no I get it I yeah. completely get it that's, okay, that's cool. Awesome. So let's say you've 
you're at your job as an admission counselor in like two to five years or something. Mm-hmm. What is your 60 second pitch to the junior or senior in college or someone looking to transfer to Muhlenberg? Oh gosh, I do this all the time for admissions. <laughs> yeah. um, I even have one. Yeah. <laughs> we could do it together. Um, well, what I usually say, you know, at the end of my tours is that I knew I wanted to go to Muhlenberg uh, when I was after my junior year of college, right, or junior year of high school, right, right before senior year, because I was on this hiking trip with uh, this amazing counselor that I had, and his name was Tyler. And I was really freaked out about the whole college process and picking where I wanted to go. And he told me, it's not where you go, the name of the school you go to for those four years. It's uh, what you do with those four years of your life. You cannot waste those four years of your life. And so when he said that to me, I knew that I had to come to Muhlenberg because it was the only place where I was going to be able to get the most out of those four years and do all the different things that I wanted to do. So uh, I guess not necessarily for Muhlenberg, but for any student looking to apply to college, you know, don't waste those four years of your life. Mm -hmm. That is four years that you can never get back. So don't try and go to some school that has a huge name where you're going to be, you know, a a number or, you know, be uh, grade curved up because they want their GPAs to look higher. Uh, Go to a school where you are going to be able to pursue all your different passions. Awesome. Yeah, I could. That's basically word for word what I would say. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> cool. So now, Muhlenberg Admissions has uh, trained us well. Yeah. Sure. Clearly, clearly, clearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Dempsey, <laughs> um, you're a busy, very busy woman um, <laughs> who has very high expectations for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot happens throughout your day. But what specifically has to happen for you to be able to um, go to bed at night and say, you know what, I had a great day. I can finally lay my head to rest. That's an interesting question. Um, so I tell my campers this all the time and that at the beginning of a hard day, uh, if, you smi- if you force yourself to smile for five minutes nonstop, even if you don't feel like smiling, uh, you can make yourself happy. You can literally trick your brain into thinking that you're happy. And so I think I try to never go to bed in a bad mood, you know, even if it's been a really tough day um, and I didn't accomplish everything that I wanted. I, I always try to, you know, take my own advice and make sure that I'm making myself happy, doing something for me, even if I have to sort of trick myself into it or force myself into it, whether that's, you know, reading my poetry book for class before I go to bed to sort of ease my mind or whether I'm just sitting with friends up an hour later than I really should be up and it's two in the morning um, just to make sure that I'm letting myself laugh and and having a good time I don't want to become a monotonous person who just works 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 all the time I got that I get that so last question Um, is there a question that you wish you had the answer to a question I wish I had the answer to? Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, well, you know, 
the whole world peace thing mm. weighs pretty heavily on me and, and climate change is not looking so hot right now uh-huh, either. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I would have to go with those, those big questions. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Again, no, I'd, I'd like to know. Uh, yeah. That, that would well. be really nice to know. Yeah. Same with hurricane Irma about to destroy Orlando. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be no, nice. Yeah. Uh, prayers out to those affected by hurricane Irma and Harvey and Jose and all the following Katia, which is coming up too. Wow, it's ridiculous. But uh, Dempsey is a big, big thanks from uh, Young and Dumb <laughs> for coming out and doing this interview with and working with us. Though our computers did not work. <laughs> uh, um, no, thank you guys thank so you. so much. It's been an honor. Thank you. Okay. So everyone listening out there. It's another Young and Dumb episode in the books. Uh, If you want to learn a little more about Dempsey, her dumb profile is going up on the website. We have some great new content coming to you soon. Stay tuned. Always remember, we are all Young and Dumb. And never forget to always hashtag get your grind up. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next Tuesday. Peace. Peace. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into our podcast. Check out our website, getchogrindup.com, for every dumb profile and even more content. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Get Show Grind Up. And share a name as we spread your journeys. What doesn't kill you makes you dumber. Thank, Thank you, guys. guys. Peace. Peace.